Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Classes back in session across the nation. And the return of college courses also means the return of college sports. But I don't just mean the teams that take to the field. I'm also referring to those that sit behind a monitor. There's a lower barrier of entry for esports. People can be good at playing a video game and then they can have that same rush of that they might have if they're playing, you know, some other sport as well. How do esports work and why is it becoming so popular? I'm Brian Fisher and this is the Daily J. I love video games. I played them all growing up and I still do today. And as I grew up, they went from single player to split screen to online and competitive gaming with the advent of high speed internet. Eventually, esports, where groups of players would form teams to compete against one another for prizes, began to pop up as well. Esports is so popular now, in fact, that colleges like Oakland University and Lawrence Technological University offer scholarships to students to play video games competitively. How did video games go from fun hobby to school-sponsored sport? Yeah, well, I think it's really just an evolution of generations getting more and more used to it you can point back to the 80s where they had very serious competitive tournaments for video games way back then you know pac-man tournaments and these kind of deal like arcade machine competitive tournaments tetris and those things now they weren't widely broadcasted you know they weren't on espn or anything like that but there was hundreds of people showing up to go and seriously compete for these game titles and I think what happened is, is as that generation who grew up playing video games for the first time, you know, our, let's say our parents' generation, the first ones to really play games, as they grew up and then they started having kids, it became more or a little bit less taboo, a little bit more acceptable to have your kids play video games because now your parents have had exposure to it. I think it's going to continue growing. That was the voice of Carl Leone, the head coach of Oakland University's esports team. He says that the evolution to get here was only natural as video games continued to gain popularity across generations. That is something that David Gazdowitz, the chair of the Entertainment Arts Department at the College for Creative Studies, agrees with. I think a lot of times when we look at esports, it still has that kind of niche market, right? Like there's there's a certain group of people they're going to be the first fans of esports, and they're usually the people who are playing the games. But as this grows, you see the the amount of people who are interested in esports just growing year after year. And just anecdotally, here at the College of Creative Studies, 
uh, we had a student start a student organization, an esports team, and that grew so large within the first year that they actually expanded from Overwatch. They did League of Legends, and now they're doing Apex. So there's so many students interested. Um, and again, I think it's just once that ball starts rolling, uh, things really start to just kind of pick up steam. I think it's also there's a lower barrier of entry for esports. People can be good at playing a video game, and then they can have that same rush of uh, that that they might have if they're playing, you know, some other sport as well. While David points out that the barrier of entry for video games is lower compared to most other athletics, he also adds that being a fan of streaming video games and esports is very similar to watching your favorite football team. Let's but say you're watching a football game. You get to watch somebody perform and and kind of like you get to root for that person. And I think there's still that same kind of vibe that happens when you're just watching somebody play a game. And then I think there's also that that the fandom of, you know, I really love Overwatch and I'm just going to I'm going to watch somebody play this because I love to play it and I want to see what they're going to do. That kind of, again, just it, it snowballs as, as you start to get into it. You find these different areas, you find the different streamers that you like and you kind of connect with them. And I, so I think there's there's plenty of opportunity um, across the board to uh, to just become engrossed and involved with the, with the different areas. Esports isn't a monolith. It isn't just one big team playing video games. It's diverse. Each type of game is very different, needing its own teams. Back to Carl. Each of the teams have their own separate season, and it's my job to let's say, manage each team separately. And if you want to think of it as a very small athletic department, you can think of that, you know, Smash Brothers, you could kind of refer to as basketball and soccer and baseball and football. And that's kind of the way that I'm thinking of it is each of the games are, are separate disciplines that fall under the video games, right? Where baseball and basketball fall under sports generally. There are many differences between esports and on-the-field athletics, though. While the NCAA may run college football, it didn't create it. But in competitive gaming, at the college level and professionally, you are often playing in tournaments set up by the creators of the game itself. And as Danielle Sarikas, the head coach of Lawrence Tech's esports team, points out, the growing popularity of esports only serves to benefit video game publishers. Publishers, that's the creators of each one of these games, right? They're creating their own competition because keeping the students and people engaged in their competition is big business for them, right? So they keep uh, promoting and playing their game. They're, they're all still in business. So I think that that contributes to it. The opportunity for scholarships in college, I think, plays into high school wanting to continue on to college because it's all about scholarships and getting discounted or a cheaper education, right? So this is an avenue that these students had that they didn't before. Historically, you could only get it for right, traditional sports, maybe band too. Danielle mentioned you could earn scholarships too. Some of these scholarships come in the form of prizes won during these college level tournaments. Back to Carl. The college experience, we do have prizing. Uh, it's scholarship prizing. So it, it just depends on each game, right? So each of the games out there has a developer who, who actually created the game. And I think that that's a nuance, um, a distinction from traditional sports, right? You know, NCAA might run basketball and football and things like that, but nobody created the game of football. Somebody created the game League of Legends. So Riot Games, who did that, actually owns the rights to it. 
um, and they run the the big college championship. So they run something called C-Law, College League of Legends, and their scholarship prizing, I believe, right now is 15000 for first place per student. Likewise, Rocket League, they run College Rocket League World Championship. I believe their first place prize is 20000 and that's split amongst the top team. The, the big league that we compete in is NACE. They're not necessarily prioritizing prize pools as much. I think their first place prize pool is 5000 For us, it's the best structured competition out there. Another large difference between esports and on-field athletics is travel, or lack thereof. The regular season matches, for the most part, are played online. And then when you make it to like a quarterfinal or a semifinal, those are typically in-person at a LAN tournament, is what they call it, like a in-person connection. But it just depends on what league it is. For NACE, they do top two, so just the grand finals right now. And I think they're working on changing that to a top eight in person. Um, but each of our teams travel at least once per year. Um, when I was a player, that was the best experience of my four years at college was traveling with my team to go and compete in person. So it's a really important piece for me to make sure my players get that same experience. While competitive gaming has gained a lot of popularity and is still gaining more, it is still finding its footing in the area of high school recruitment. Here's Danielle again. There are recruiting platforms just like traditional sports. Like Stay Plugged In is a platform that a lot of us esports directors or coaches are using, and that's specific to esports. Some of the students, when they apply on our admissions criteria or application, they're able to check if they're interested in esports. I watch, we had attend their high school state championships. We also attend those. I try to broaden my horizons and go to different schools and just talk about esports in general. And then that way we have a bigger reach. So it's really kind of like the non-traditional pathway in a perfect world. There'd be esports teams everywhere and we could just do the same thing as football or traditional sports. But unfortunately, this, the uh, scene of high school is not there yet, but it's going to be like it's going to take time, but it'll be there. But what about professional gamers? In most sports, one would go high school or travel, then to college, then professional. Is it like that in esports as well? I think it's actually backwards. And I think that that's what is kind of blowing people's minds. A lot of people become professional at a very young age and they retire in their early, early, early 20s. We are seeing some more students go into the pro scene after college, that there are some schools that they know to pick from those schools and they're able to compete and continue their college education based on some competition rules. So it's a little bit different in that you have them being pro and then going on. But the likelihood of a student going pro in esports, like there is a number to numbers wise to bring it back to football. A student competing in football has a better chance of going pro than an esports student going pro because there's just not as many teams. There's not enough as space. In a lot of ways, esports behaves like many of the leagues and sports we are used to with some key differences. And as video games become more ingrained in our culture, it will likely only continue to get more and more popular. Thanks to Carl Leone, Danielle Sarikas, and David Gazdowitz 
for lending their expertise to this episode. And as always, this podcast wouldn't be possible without WWJ's digital team. Check out WWJNewsRadio.com for the top local news stories on demand 24-7. Make sure you don't miss out on new episodes of The Daily J by subscribing using the Odyssey app or get it wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Brian Fisher, and this is The Daily J. Thanks for listening. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.